Welcome to Van Lathan's The Red Pill, where we gave you the brutal reality of truth. I'm feeling good today because I'm in my Baton Rouge versus everybody shirt. You guys say that I talk about Baton Rouge too much. Shut up. Y'all talk about, y'all don't talk about where y'all from enough. I love Baton Rouge. I love it. Shout out to McKinley High, Southern University, LSU, all of the places. Shout out to Highland Road, Nicholson Drive, Gardier Lane, Hermitage Subdivision, the Bottom, the Park, Scotlandville, all of those places. Baker, Zachary, Denham Springs, even the Port Allen. Shout out to all of those spots, man. Shout out to Dixie. Talk to me about some bad. I love Baton Rouge. Anyway, this week on the Red Pill, we have Brittany Renner. Controversy. Yes, Brittany Renner. Um, social media star, uh, fitness guru, and now author, writer of a book called Judge This Cover, where she talks about seven different men and the way uh, they have inspired her. She learns seven different lessons from these men. And the book has been described by some as a tell-all. Uh, she goes into detail in the book about some of her sexual experiences with these men, some of their behavioral issues, things that she's noticed in dealing with them, and how these things have uh, ultimately affected her life. I read the book. I think uh, that there there's a little bit more to it than how it's being portrayed. So I was very interested to hear what Brittany thought about some of the backlash and some of the criticism that she's getting online. Uh, I was very candid with her about the fact that I don't think the tell-all books are dope. But I was also um, pleasantly surprised to hear why she felt like she had to write this book in the way that she did. I think it's at least worth it listening to what she has to say. That's not all she talked about. She talked about a very famous exchange that happened on State of the Culture. Shout out to Revolt. Shout out to Scotty Beam. Shout out to Joe Budden, Chinks, and Remy Ma. Um that went viral everywhere, and the subject was her book. She's not hold back when discussing what she thought about what Joe said and what she thought about what Remy Ma said. Uh, we're going to get to that. You know, of course, Brittany Renner, she talked about it in the book, so of course we got to talk a little sex. Marissa Mendez also joins us on this to kind of make sure there was enough feminine energy in the room. You don't want me in here ruining stuff. We'll make sure that the ladies get a chance to have their say since these issues of sort of self-worth, um, uh, of sort of how you look at yourself and how you judge yourself sometimes can be so central uh, to our women's lives. Um, Brittany Renner, we'll talk a little bit about her past and sort of how some of her relationships with her parents um, and in her upbringing might have led to some of the ways that she views contemporary relationships right now. She answers a lot of questions, but she raises even more. I think you guys will be surprised and incredibly entertained by this interview. Sit back. Pop some pills, and let's get to it. Room, uh, Marissa talking shit. We got a very, very special guest today. Um, yeah, we're starting right now. Uh, uh, everybody, white people, give it up for Brittany Renner in the house today. Why? Why? Why did you say white people? Because I made the white people clap. Because like this is my podcast okay. where a black man is running shit, okay. and they're all white, and I can make the white people clap. But you know what's interesting? Both of you guys half white. Half of you guys, both of you are half white. My mom is white. Mm -hmm. All right, what's that like? 
I mean, she's a crazy white bitch. I mean, I don't yeah. know what to say. Like, it's just, you, you, it's just weird to me because you got like a bunch of white ass cousins and stuff like that. Like, they white. Yeah, I mean, I was raised by my grandparents who mm-hmm. were obviously white as well on my, on my mom's side. So, you know, grew up very sheltered. Mm-hmm. I didn't really learn a lot about the culture, the other side of me until. Mm, the white side or the black side, you didn't learn much? The about. black side. I didn't learn much until high school. And then I went to an all black college. So that was. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, I'm ready. Yeah. Which, at that which, point. which college did you go to? I went to Jackson State University. Oh, shit. Wait, why? Wait, why? I went to Southern. Oh, that's awesome. I went to yeah. Southern. I didn't know you went to HBCU. I did. I played soccer there for two years, and then I dropped out. You dropped out of college? Mm-hmm. Wow. Disappointing. Listen, um, Brittany Renner is here, you guys. First of all, Brittany Renner, if you guys don't know, um, ex-athlete, fitness guru, and now author of this book right here, Judge This Cover, which <laughs> has gotten <laughs> the internets. So look at look at Austin standing at the cover of the book. Look, y'all, nice, isn't it? Y'all, like, <laughs> which has got even the back is even better though. Yeah. Austin, Austin, hold on. Jason, don't move. Look at the back cover it's of the billion book. Billion dollar arch right there. No look, McDonald's. Look at that right there. That's a pregnancy arch. <laughs> yeah. If wow. is there ever so it says Judge This Cover is a tale of seven men and seven lessons, all based on true events. This is my heart in the book in book form um, <laughs> that and that I'm not afraid or ashamed to share it with you. I've been here before. I'm just trying to remember who I am. This book is the beginning of my liberation and hopefully it will be for you, too. So before we even get to the book and everybody's takes on the book and everything that everyone's talking about, mm-hmm. I think people want to know a little bit more about Brittany Renner. I've read parts of the book, so I know some of the things that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But tell us who you are. I mean, that's kind of a loaded question. No, it's not a loaded question. Um, It's just, take take us, tell tell, tell us a little bit more about your background. Because a lot of things in the book that I read, it seems like you had it a little bit tough before you became the social media star that we all know you to be. Well, I played soccer for a little bit. I Mm -hmm. had a talent long before I started twerking online. Mm -hmm. Um, I played soccer. I played semi-professional in Florida for a month. I don't like rules, so I ended up quitting. Um... I moved to a different area from school with the guy I was dating at the time. And I was a Zumba instructor, uh, Victoria's Secret girl, uh, Hooters girl. Um, And then the last job I had before I really dove into social media was a special needs caregiver. So I have worked so many and actually was an AT&T door sales cable woman. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of odd jobs I had before I really started like being an entrepreneur. I would say that the first part of my life from 18 to 22, like, you know, I was in a relationship. So my life was kind of dedicated to that. I didn't really have any of my own identity. And I got started into fitness by giving out free workout plans and meal plans for a shout out. So I've been on Instagram since like there was no videos on Instagram. So um, I've been on the internet like online for six years now. So that's kind of how I got my start. And then shortly after that in 2013, uh, December 2013, I did my World Star video. So after World Star is when I got my first booking in February. Like I got paid to go to a club with uh, actually Quincy. Mm. Yeah. So and it's not. Is that, I don't think that's his last name. but I'll, I think I think Diddy adopted him, no? Okay. Okay. I didn't know that. Because he's like I'll be sure's kid. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Maybe so Quincy and I. we. Had, okay. Yeah. I, just, I didn't want to say the wrong thing. Right. I look like a jackass. So. Right. Right. Yeah. So then, so then after that, that's when I started getting, um, what's it called? Uh, promo deals and just started getting booked more. So then, then that's when I started getting into Instagram heavy. And that's when you, and you really, when that started happening, you leaned into that um, and you saw that as sort of a viable way to kind of like 
have the type of life that you wanted to have? At the time, I had no idea that everything that I was getting into, like the magnitude of what I was really stepping into. Hmm. Um, I'm from Mississippi. So a little more a little bit about me is I'm um, from Ohio, but I was raised in Mississippi. So I'm like a southern gal with just California dreams, you know. So um, it was I was not ready for what I was stepping into at all. I was Hmm. very sheltered and very naive. So um, the world that I was getting into, I just wasn't prepared for that. Um, I actually had to quit my special needs caregiver job to do the Instagram thing full time because it was like it required me to travel so much that I wasn't able to just keep taking off of work. And especially when you're a special needs caregiver, you do kind of have to be available around the clock, like usually all week and on weekends most of the time. So. So at what point did you start to like, did you go, yo, this is working? Like I am a fucking big deal now and this is a career path that's going to work out for me. Was there any specific deal that happened or was did you when you got to 500,000 followers or was there any specific point that you were like, yo, this is it. This is happening and fuck everything else I wanted to do. I want to do this. Yeah. I mean, I don't believe there's really security in anything, no matter what you do, whether you work a nine to five, whether you have your own law firm or whether you're an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. or work for TMZ, whatever. It's like, Mm -hmm. I just don't see security in anything. It's just kind of like everything is just up in the air. You don't really know. Um, I think a big milestone for me as an influencer, I felt like when I hit a million followers, but Mm -hmm. I've never sat back and be like, damn, I'm just like a big deal. Like, wow, I just, Well, no, just just the point to where you were just to where anything that you might've been doing that was tangential to 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 all that other stuff to where you went, yo, this is now going to be Brittany Renner's life for the next 5, 10, 15 years. Because I always wonder that. I get up, I do all my Instagram shit and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. I then I get up and every day at work, mm-hmm. I'm here at 6, and 6 a.m. in yeah. the morning and I work all day long. I wonder what it would take for me to just go, fuck it, let me go all over the country and try to get booked. Like, how much money did you have to make? Like, how much money were you making off these bookings and stuff like that? Like, how was it... Was it was it lucrative enough for you to be like, this is my goal forever? Mm, well, for me, I think my end goal is acting. So Okay, so that's what you want to be. Correct. Right. Um for me, I I guess I'm just not really like understanding what you're asking me because it's like there wasn't like a moment where I was just like, oh my God, this is what I'm gonna do forever. Mm-hmm. It's just so like just this. Yeah, this is like, mm. and that's how it's just always been. It's like I make money doing this, and this is how I pay my bills. So if I want to continue this lifestyle, then I need to perform and like be able to adapt um, to what I am doing. Because like I said, I've been on social media for six years, so mm. I've seen it go through so many different phases. People come, people go. So for me, it's like I've always just focused on being myself mm. and the brand deals that I do currently have and then just working hard and trying to get more more opportunities from social media. Because a lot of times too, like it can work with you, but it can work against you Absolutely. too. You know, so it's just like, I try to just kind of put out there in the universe the best that I can and just see like what comes from it. But you know, hmm. you don't get shoes, a shoe in all the time just because you have followers. Do, is it hard to be happy being this exposed on social media in terms of, is it, what I'm asking is a lot of people have different jobs and these jobs are in some ways rewarding to them, right? These are their passions. These are their lives. You essentially, uh, almost a part of your life is putting yourself up on display for people to have whatever opinion about you that they want to. Mm-hmm. And uh, for if you're an actor, you do that, right? If you're mm-hmm. a musician, you do that. The difference is after it's all said and done, the art still exists. 
for you, it just seems like it's a never ending barrage of people's opinions about you. Mm -hmm. Is that worth it? Absolutely. I mean, I don't want to be a slave, so I don't want to work for anyone else. That's mm. why my book is actually self-published. I put. I saw that Brittany publisher Brittany Renner Fitness. Oh wow! So it's yep. I put twenty-five grand up for, uh, to make it with everything, and um, so for me to answer your question, I want to get led astray there for a second. Um, mm -hmm. I do a lot of inner work outside of social media. Um, I'm a huge mental health advocate. I have. Me too. I came from therapy. That's so why I told him. I was like, I'm kind of early because I just came from therapy. Uh, <laughs> look, so look, that's cool. I was at 1210. So, um, so for me, I would say in the beginning, it was very, um, it was kind of confusing. Like everyone was saying all these things about you and they're untrue. Um, but I think, unfortunately, you get a little desensitized. Mm -hmm. And I think too, learning just about psychology 101. Um, you learn that anything that anyone says about you is just merely a reflection of them. So it's just projection. So it's like, um, okay, for example, like if I give, if I bring you a gift, right? Like here, I, I brought the book, right? Mm -hmm. Can you pass it to me? I want to just give this sure. visual. Okay. So I brought <laughs> this book for you, right? Yes. And you don't want it. So give it back to me. So whose is it now? It's yours. Exactly. So if you're angry, if you're sad, if you're trying to say, I'm never going to be, be this, never going to be that, you have to go home with that gift that you tried to give me because I didn't accept it. Mm -hmm. So for me, I just kind of like, I, I just, I know who I am and who I want to be mm -hmm. and who I show you in a minute. Like I'm a natural actress, number one. And number two, I've been on social media long enough to know. So that's not really the real Britney Renner then? I mean, you're talking to her right now. I'm asking Seems the real, the, real enough, right? The, Pinch me, I'm dreaming. The Britney Renner on social media is not the real Britney Renner. How could that be? I'm asking you. The, the the van that you get on Instagram is the real van. I mean, that is a part of me. It's not separate. Mm. But to say that's me in my entirety, like, absolutely not. No. Mm. Would you say it's an exaggerated form of you? Absolutely. Yeah. Which yeah. parts are exaggerated? <laughs> I mean, there, trust me, there are parts of me. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, when I'm right. looking at the banana and shit. I mean, that's, right. that's real life. But, yeah. um... What, what, which parts of Britney <laughs> Renner on Instagram would you say are not or the exaggerated parts? Which parts do people misconstrue? I would say the yelling. I don't like to yell. Like in an average conversation, you're not. Absolutely like, oh, not. No, I, I believe in just healthy dialogue and just going back and forth. So when I'm yelling and screaming, it like hurts my head to do that. Cause I'm just like, this is, ugh, this is a lot of energy. Hmm. Now, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> we're touching some nerves here. Now the book is just this cover. Um, like it's like you said, seven different lessons, seven different men. Um, we're not going to name any of the actual guys because you don't name them in the book. So all the speculation that people are doing online, we can leave that for speculate. them. Mm -hmm. uh, when did because a lot of the guys in this book are famous, and there's a certain reaction to, or they they seem famous. Uh, there's a certain reaction to tell all books or books that talk about. Uh, sexual relationships with people that they didn't really give you permission to talk about and stuff like that, um, or you, not permission, that you didn't consult them in talking about. What has been the reaction for you personally uh, in terms of people giving you their opinions on you writing the book and talking about stuff like that? Just men that I've dealt with or just people in general? The public. Like the what's, public. Yeah. Well, they're definitely judging the book. Mm -hmm. um, Which is what we, we wanted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's definitely tied into something that it's not. I mean, I've gone on Instagram and said that I have fucked 24 guys, mm -hmm. 26 now. 
Um, hey, you're doing more numbers. <laughs> you know, I just added them up. Um, mm-hmm. And I write about seven of them. Mm-hmm. So how is it a tell-all if it's only right. about like 30% of them? And it's so not a tell-all because you're not saying their names either. So let me ask you this, though. To that question, is it a tell-all if you write about the seven guys out of 26 that people would care about you having sex with? These were seven significant relationships that changed the direction of my dating life. Mm-hmm. Um, they were significant to me. And so it's not because they're famous, it's because they were important. No, because a lot of good stories, like they just they weren't relevant. they weren't relevant. Yeah. They just were a scandal. Right. But mm-hmm. it was that's not again, it wasn't written from this place of like, God, I just want to just stir the pot and mm-hmm. want to talk about every guy I've sucked fuck and swallowed. Like it's not about that. Mm-hmm. Um Was it, why was it important for you to write the book? Freedom. What do you mean? I have felt like I've been a prisoner to a lot of things that have happened to me. And after being in therapy for three years, Mm. I had a choice. I could either like, okay, I've learned all of these things and I can move on or I can talk about them because I believe truth is stranger than fiction. So for me, some, like I couldn't make this shit up if, even if I wanted to. I could sit my whole life and try to come up with this, and I just couldn't. Mm. Like These are things that happened to me that um, I found myself still talking about. Like still be, When I talked about it, I could still feel it. So when I, if you still feel something, something can still provoke emotion. It's like you have to address it. So for me, um, I sat with this book a really long time. Mm-hmm. I, it was a lot of inner work for me to even be able to speak from a somewhat objective place to be able to say, this is what I learned. Because for a long time, I just saw the disappointments. Hmm. I did not see anything that was educational to it. I always- Beneficial, yeah. Yeah, I'm just like, this hurts. And um, being a big hearted person, it's hard to understand. Um, It doesn't matter if you're dating someone worth a hundred million or a hundred dollars. I have a genuine heart and it just has been really tumultuous just dating in this realm. Um, Because a lot of the men that I've come across, they're very empty. Mm-hmm. So they don't, even if they wanted something real, they would really have mm. to look inward. And they're just, a lot of them are not. Mm. They're just gonna run through women. It's the empty thing to do. It makes them feel better, but it doesn't address what's really going on. Uh, do you ever wonder, um, because <clears throat> in reading uh, part of the book, do you ever wonder sometimes what makes you drawn to these types of men? Of course. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I can't. <laughs> because, because like, <clears throat> there are women all over the world that are having relationships with guys, I would assume, that aren't like that. So why, why have you had multiple relationships with men that are like that? Well, it's also the world she's in, too. But. The world is a little different, but, I, I mean, I would not be able to write this book without saying, okay, well, this is my hand in it. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So for me, all of these men were just merely a reflection of how I felt about myself. Mm. That's all. So yeah. if, if I don't love myself, I don't respect myself, if I don't feel these certain things about myself, and um, it's going to reflect in my dating life. So until I get to a healthy space, which I would say that's where I'm at now. Um, you feel like now you are? Absolutely. And yeah, the, the writing book the book been... contribute to that? Absolutely. And I don't know where I would be right now if I... If I didn't write Describe it. what a healthy space is for Brittany Renner. Not being codependent. Mm-hmm. Um, not feeling like my happiness comes from an outside source. Girl. And, right. Sure. Yeah. And I've, I've gotten <laughs> into metaphysics, too, so I've learned a lot about energy and um, 
really how our thoughts create our reality. So for me, I've taken more responsibility as to who I'm attracting. So for me, I'm like, if I want to attract X, Y, Z, I have to be every single day X, Y, and Z. Because it's like, if I want devotion, I want loyalty, I want honesty, I want a genuine guy, I want all of these things, I have to make sure I'm that person because that's the only way I'm going to attract him. Mm -hmm. So although I might have felt like, oh, I was all of those things, it's like my self-esteem. I, I, I really just didn't have respect for myself and mm -hmm. I, I'd always just settled for less. Um, so it kind of took me understanding like, why? Why am I hurting myself? What part of, what unhealed part of me is like so desperate for love and attention that I'm willing to just do and accept whatever. Hmm. So you have to like, this is not a blame game. And it's, I know as, as you finish the book and stuff, you will see that it's not about, oh my God, hear me. Oh my God, it's all their fault. Like there's no way it could have transpired if I didn't give them permission. If you were raised um, by your grandparents, is, do you have like a weird relationship with your mother and father? My dad um, was an alcoholic, so he wasn't around. He's been okay. sober for nine years now. Uh, we have a good relationship now. And my mother was just not around. Um, Talk about that in the book, some of the, the, the issues that you had. Like, mm -hmm. sort of so do you think mom. part of that came from your relationship with your parents and not necessarily getting the love from them and the attention from them? I would, I would have to say so, yeah. I mean, yeah. you're always like yearning for the acceptance from and you just don't get it. Mm -hmm. um, and again, I don't I don't like to push things on to like, oh, my child, my child. Yeah. But you just have to address the circumstances and then you change them. Right. You know. Um, and do you think I know, obviously, just the writing part itself was therapeutic for you. Mm -hmm. But knowing now that there are other young women who are on the same path that are reading this book, are, is that also helping you knowing that you're helping heal other women or helping teach other women? I would say when I was writing it and I was there were so many times throughout my writing process that I cried. Um, and I felt like I was doing it for something bigger than myself because right. I don't think I would have finished the book had it just been for me. I just, you know, mm. I just I just don't think I would have uh, gone through with it. I just felt like in order to help, um, it's not like a save the world, like, oh, my God, you're like the <laughs> right. next Jesus, like coming down. <laughs> like, I'm going to save the women. Yeah. No, it's like it's more so just like leading by example. Yep. So I have felt shame and I have felt like just I've been so degraded. Um, this, by, the, by the decisions that I've made. So I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to put myself on the chopping block because I want to show people that the truth is not scary. It's just, it's a lot living in your truth as opposed to illusion. Yeah, and I asked that. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go, no, go ahead. I was going to say because I come from the same world. I didn't write a book, but I mm -hmm. do podcasts, and so I've always shared my journey as well. And it's kind of the same thing. I share it because it's not scary, and I want people mm -hmm. to relate. But on a therapy level, on a bettering myself mm -hmm. level, it helps me helping myself knowing that I'm helping other women yes. too. That mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. see like, oh, I can be honest about it. I can live my best life and do what I want and still be a good human being yeah. just because I fucked and sucked a couple. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, do you think that there's anything inherently negative about women, sort of uh, people? Period. Um, but more specifically, women sort of being known for different men that they've been tethered to, though. Like I wonder, like to me, a lot of a lot of happiness has to do with your ability to find things that, regardless of other people, that fill you up and make you feel good about yourself, right? right? For me, I've spent a lot of time in my life alone, so I know first and foremost how to make Van happy. Mm -hmm. I know first and foremost like what I need on a daily to feel inspired, right? And so there's because of that. Like it's actually sometimes hard for me. Like I'm not the lonely type or anything like that because I'm here for myself. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I think like 
uh, sisters, they get too caught up in what they're getting from a man. And mm -hmm. while the book is an important journey, it also makes it seem as if the most important lessons in your life that you've learned, that you've learned them from failings with men. What lessons have you learned just from yourself? Well, I mean, I think the people in your life, whether they're your manager or your friends or your relationships, mm -hmm. I think they're these people are put in your life to learn something from them. Mm. Um, to say like just one lesson that I've learned, um, I would just say to believe in myself. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it is because for so long, I, I feel like I've kind of been learning in like polarities. Like, you know, I've learned strength from feeling weak. So it's just like things like that to where um, just kind of trying to figure out who is Brittany Renner and what am I here to do? Like, why am I here? Mm -hmm. You know, what does life mean to me? What what does make me happy? Mm -hmm. um, so I just think really just I think strength has been the biggest thing is like you we literally are fed lies from oh, I'm not going to get too deep into this, but we're just fed lies. As deep as you want. We're just fed lies from a very young age and we are conditioned and brainwashed. And I feel like I've actually um, I've had to unlearn everything that I have learned. So to say like, oh, what have you learned? It's like to question everything. That's what I've learned hmm. because everything that I've been told is a fucking lie. Wow. Everything that I've been told, like been people have said to me, um, people that I've even have cared about, um, have lied to me. Biggest lie that you've realized the the biggest thing you thought was true that's not. Can you think about it? Because 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 what you're saying right now is an insanely important part of maturing and growing up mm -hmm. is is understanding how much of what you believe in and how much of what you're doing on a daily basis, how much of your parents' ethics and sort of society's rules you've ingested mm -hmm. and how much of that you actually have to discard before you go on and build the version of yourself that you want to impact the world. And there are a bunch of different things that I feel like in everybody's life they have to do mm -hmm. that. For yours, what's the biggest lie that you had to get rid of? Get rid of? That I'm not good enough. Who taught you that? that today. Who taught man, y'all, y'all got some <laughs> fucking issues. Who made you feel like you're not good enough? I'm like, right. Hmm, Yo, man. Society? So, who, like, who, who made who made where did you feel what do you feel like you learned that you weren't good enough? I would say it would probably start back to I couldn't understand why my parents weren't around. Mm -hmm. Like, why don't you guys want to raise me? Why don't you guys love me? Why am I not good enough? Like, I'm a good kid in school. You know, like I'm, I'm talented. Like, you weren't at any games. You know, like mm -hmm. when you that were, made me you, feel not good enough. When you were yeah. playing really well and doing well. Yeah, it's I like you'd story. have you'd have a hat trick, and it's like nobody's no there. one cares. Well, my grandparents were. My grandparents yeah. were very supportive. They were um, the reason that we moved to Mississippi. Were like I have just one story in the book where you ran the practice. Yep, because I fought my mom. She's the only person I've ever been into a physical altercation with. Because I don't like violence. I don't like. Um, Raising my voice, I don't like any of that. Um, and she was like pushing me, pushing me, pushing me against the wall. You think you a bad bitch? And I just like Oof. snapped. And I like picked up a knife and then I just threw it and then I lunged for her. And then I was afraid because, you know, my mom's white and um, we're black. So, yeah. You know, yeah. I'm like, well, I'm going to run. I'm going to fucking run. And I ran like eight miles. <laughs> I was scared. Love the cubs, I ran so. in my Uggs. I ruined them because I had stepped in mud and stuff. So, so you was. Only kind of black if you was wearing Uggs at that point. Black yeah, because I went to a predominantly Uggs. white school, Man, so we all wore not, Uggs. We, we, she was before the curve on Little Uggs. Little Wayne wears Uggs. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. No, okay. Shout out to Wayne. 
<laughs> but he transcended race about four years ago. <laughs> like, Lil Wayne is not even black or white or yeah, male he's or female. His he's own a concept at this fucking point. <laughs> um, so let's let's actually get into the book. I want to ask you about one specific. I'm gonna ask you about a couple of things that happened in the book because the book is fucking wild. Um, <laughs> it, like it it, it 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 really is. You go into great detail about some of the things that happened in this book sexually. Mm -hmm. The way these guys liked their specific sex and how sex was for them. Why was that important to put in there? Because I love sex. I get that you love sex. Who doesn't like talking about sex? But do you think, though, that when you have sex with someone that you're consenting for them to talk about the sex that you have with them? Yeah. Really? Obviously. So you think that? So if if so, I if I fuck you, it's like if you go tell your friends, what am I supposed to do? Sorry. Right. Whoa, 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 Back it the fuck all the way up. Okay, okay. Uh, all the way up. Okay. Y'all know. Okay. That there is nothing worse. I'm from Louisiana. You might talk to your friends about it. Like I might, yo. But if a dude has sex with a girl mm -hmm. and he runs around telling everybody town. that he fucked her and exactly how it was, there is no better. Uh, symptom of a fuckboy than that. For sure. If you are a man and you are a strong man and you are a gentleman, that's something that you're never supposed to do. Mm -hmm. You're never supposed to run around. Right. Because what's the point of that? You know what I'm saying? First of all, anyway, but it, I always hated guys like that. That 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 makes me, that, that upsets me. So what I'm asking is, do you think that it's fair to talk about details like that in a book? I know that they happen to you and they're part of your experience. Mm-hmm. But is that okay? She doesn't say any names. I know, but niggas done figured that shit out. But like, 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 like niggas, niggas done figured that shit out. Do, is that okay? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it seems like a, it seems like the way you're wording it. It's like you should feel the other way. No, no, no. I'm asking you. I'm very fair. Yeah. I'm very fair. Like. I mean, first of all, I know a lot of guys, they'll lie, too, because they don't want you to know what they got. So, like, mm. a lot of times, aside from being a gentleman, because most of these guys aren't, sometimes they're just territorial, and they're like, I don't want you knowing what she does to me, because mm -hmm. then you're going to go hit her up. Exactly. Um, I would say if I'm free to talk about it, I don't understand why men wouldn't be either. Fuck boy, fuck girl, whatever, call it what you will. But, um, yeah, I mean. Have any of the guys that were are rumored to be in the book, have any of them reached out to you? I know they had to have. Well, I'll say before the book, um, I got a lot of like courtesy calls and. So Yo, how you doing, Prit? Yo, man. Did you we get any warning ahead of ahead of time too? Like to no. Be, no one. Okay. No warning. There's ahead only of time. one chapter that I did actually hand deliver it myself. Nice. Because of the way I felt about him, and. Um, There's no part of this book that's revenge, is it, Brittany? How could it be revenge when I make myself look stupid? I don't feel like you make yourself look stupid. But people would book. say that. Because I'm that's just exposing they, myself. That's what they say. But they, was there any part of this book, to you, being honest, honestly here on the red pill, Austin clap. Why, is, why would he Austin clap? Austin clap for honesty. Why? Okay. <laughs> Austin is confused, but he's Bye -bye. clapping. Um, <laughs> uh, is there any part of this book to where you felt like maybe these guys wronged you and you were going to, there's some shit in here, like about different shit that dudes do sexually that's really... Really, <laughs> like you know, that's why you laughing. Was, what was it, any, I, damn, I didn't get. To, was, are you ass licking? What's happening in this I, situation? I've licked some ass, but you know. But like, I don't but, really like it that much. Is there is there any part it. of that? <laughs> is there any part of that that was just like I'm a I'm a talk some shit about? I'm gonna let people know how these niggas really are. 
No. <laughs> Be honest. So, no, I'm going to tell you. So I'm a Pisces. I don't know if that means anything to you guys. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I'm a Leo. You know okay, what? Nice. After this, y'all need to be. I don't know what the fuck y'all talking about <laughs> with this Pisces shit. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Me okay, and so, Amber are going to hang out without you. Yes. Amber, <laughs> return text messages, please. Um, When I decided to write the book, I actually had the mentality of like, I just want you guys to know how you made me feel. Like you hear my feelings. That's all. So a lot part of there was some there was I a just, little bit of it in it there. It wasn't, but it wasn't like Not a necessarily vindictive. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't because like to me, there's two sides to every story, right? Mm -hmm. And then there are screenshots. So I think Jesus. the way that I handled it was very tasteful, mm -hmm. and it was still very liberating without hurting anyone. Because I believe when you truly love yourself, you don't want to hurt others. So that's why when I wrote the book, it wasn't about like, oh my god, his dick was so little. Oh my god, I think he's this. Or there's know, some of that in there though. There, but I, I I addressed, but it was one chapter where it was just so small that I just couldn't. And maybe it was an important part of the story. Because a lot of people ask me, does size matter? And I'm like, okay, well, let me tell you how I feel about size. And it speaking of, and it speaking of little dicks. Wait, 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 wait. She gave, she actually gave some good advice to little dick niggas out there. What? Which mm -hmm. I wouldn't know anything about that. But she actually gave, she actually gave some really good advice to them out there. Which, what, what did you say? About the advice? No, what did you say to the to the little dick guys out there? What did you say to them? You I pretty much just say it's how you work it and like how your confidence and it's how you so approach true. it. Yeah. So, you, you all, you, what you say, you say you know there's something that you can't control. But just so don't, don't have, have a bigger ego than your dick. Facts. Don't have That's a so bigger important. ego than your dick. Because yeah. little dick dudes can do good stuff. And let me tell yeah. you something. Everybody that got that jewel, that bar from Brittany Renner, felt good about it. Except for the dude that knows she's talking about him. Well, he'll be all right. That nigga is now in therapy as well. <laughs> so I was, you know, so I was just have to ask you about this. Now, <clears throat> we're, we're going to get back to some some talk about Tiana Trump and some other things in the book I that her. I possibly like. Yeah, love her, I love her too. <laughs> but I want to ask you about something specific. And this, I feel like this, there's one exchange that sort of, because obviously reactions to book like this, books like this, they sometimes uh, follow along uh, gender lines. One exchange mm -hmm. sort of exemplified that more than anything. It was exchanged between the homie Joe Budden, shout out uh, to Joe Budden, and the black queen, Scotty Bean, shout out to her as well. Happened on State of the Culture. Did you see the back and forth between Joe and Scotty? So Revolt had tagged me in the video. Um, okay, I love what you're doing over there at Revolt with the messy <laughs> shit. <laughs> they tagged me because I was like, damn. That's Shout bad. out to their social team. I love you guys. Right, that was, right. It was it was very right. audacious. I was like, this is pretty direct, but I can respect it because I like direct um, interactions. So um, I was a bit perplexed. Mm -hmm. And when I first heard what Joe Budden said about me, I was very disappointed. Um, and I, I was disappointed because... Joe Budden and I. By the way, we're going to put the clip in here so you guys can hear yeah. it. Yeah. I think Brittany Renner, you know, just sees dollar signs with this. You know what I'm saying? She's exploiting herself in order to get a quick buck. I think we've seen this before with Superhead, where she came out and she was telling everybody who she slept with. And the thing with Superhead, though, like these guys was like falling in love with her. She had. The rappers were searching for Superhead. Calling, hey. Do you know her? Where can I find her? I need that head. We all judged the head we were getting at home differently when Superhead came out. That ain't happening with Britney Renner. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like also what I she... I feel like women should stop even talking about Superhead. Like, that's different. That's a different league. That's a different echelon of, of Felicia. It's high level hold'em. It's high level hold'em. <laughs> 
This is low-hanging fruit when, <laughs> when females do this. I thought Joe Budden and I were friends. Um, he He's invited me to his home. I stayed in his guest room when I was in Jersey. Um, was always very respectful. So to hear him call me low-hanging fruit, I was a little confused because I've never done anything with him. I've never touched him, and you opened your home up to me. Mm -hmm. um, but what I found very telling, that there's clearly something that has transpired um, to where he has this animosity towards me. I noticed in the clip, because I did my due diligence, unlike the people in State of the Culture, which is truly a representation of the State of the Culture, because none of them read it. Mm. But we're all like, let's sit up and talk about it. Yep. Um, one of the things that Joe said in the beginning was, I would not have my penis anywhere near her. And I thought it was kind of telling, because nobody asked him that. Right. And... I just don't know where that came from. So it was like, thou doth protest too much. So mm. it kind of seems like I'm low-hanging fruit. I'm, you wouldn't have your penis near me, um, taking all these jabs at me. I think that really just speaks to him and how I'm, he feels about right. himself. We, we're not going to have a shit on Joe Budden. No, no, I'm not, no, I'm not, yeah. I don't need to, yeah. I, that doesn't, the difference between Joe and I is that yeah. I don't need to send shots and say these degrading things because that's, that's merely a reflection of how Joe feels about himself. Right. So, I was very disappointed because you, I thought you were you my You feel friend. like he was speaking more about you or about what he felt about when he, when, when he was talking to Scott, he was about, he said the fuckity fuck shit that women do. He felt like on either side of this, this wasn't, maybe not, not so much directed at you, Brittany Renner, but he felt like writing the book was tacky. Okay, so what's tacky is not knowing what the fuck you're talking about. That's like saying, hey guys, did you listen to the new Drake album? No? Well, let's sit up out here on the Red Pill podcast and talk about and it. That's it. tacky. Hmm. And if you are truly the state of the culture, you're being absolutely irresponsible by not giving a thorough review and a unbiased opinion. You're just fucking blabbing your opinion and you, have, you haven't even read it. And I list like I don't know about you, but I have been a Joe Budden fan for a long time. I saw Slaughterhouse oh when God. I was in when yeah. Grand Rapids. So like I don't want to hear about like oh you're attacking him. Absolutely not. I've always bought his music. I've always caped for him on Twitter. I've always loved. I love him as a lyricist, and I loved him as a person. I used to call him the demented therapist because I talked to him about very intimate details of my life. So again, there's nothing wrong with feeling how you feel, but I just was like okay. So he's yelling. He's not letting Scotty finish. That's not a that's not a dialogue. That's not a healthy conversation. And then on top of that, you're going off of what you think the book is about while adding insults in there about the, my character. So hmm. 26 bodies at 26 years old. It doesn't matter if I had fucking 500 bodies. That still does not give you the right to say I'm this or I'm that. Right. You've never touched me. So how could you say that I'm so easy and so these things? So why would you open up your home to me? But you don't want to talk about that on the show. Because at the end of the day, your your role on that show is to say things for shock value and talk really loud. Mm. Because that's what your draw is. Mm -hmm. So mm. why am I going to get mad? I'm 26 years old with my whole life ahead of me. Okay? I don't need to say, I know Joe's past. Mm -hmm. I also know Remy's past too. What does it solve if, if bringing it up? Right. Hmm. That's why Jane clears verse for your album. Like, what does that do? <laughs> it's funny. Like, you were very upset by that. Because I thought he was my friend. That's what just you're on hearing. on a personal level. It, 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 no, no, I'm asking. I'm it, just saying. It, it, I could tell. I have been called. You just screamed and scared the fucking shit out of me. Right. So yeah, yeah, it did start like, well. <laughs> I wasn't I was like, Jesus What I'm saying is, this is not about. Oh, I wouldn't do this, or I don't understand that. I think, I think it's corny. You know, I would never write a tell-all, Remy. Because I would never resort to gun violence. But what oh does that solve? God. 
I think the biggest issue though is that they don't read the book and obviously the conception online or the misconception rather is it's just a tell-all book about sex Co- and not anything about lessons and learning and self-reflection and all of these things that are a very important part of the book and <sighs> and that's and that's all fine this this is not about I feel like empathy is really the highest form of like knowledge wisdom Opinion is the lowest. So it's not about, Absolutely. oh, I, I think you're right or wrong or I disagree. I agree. It's about understanding. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I might not be able to say, hey, I've done this or I've never done that. But that doesn't give me the right to judge. It doesn't give me like my father is a recovering alcoholic. So what what how am I helping the culture by poking fun at Joe Budden's past drug addiction? Because you know what? I'm shitting on my dad in the process right. and other people who struggle with it. So I'm not helping anything. You're just, you're furthering a very toxic narrative. Ex- and I am a huge mental health advocate. Mm-hmm. I don't think any of that shit's funny. And I think at some point in time, you do have to stand up for what is right, even if it's unpopular. So yes, I was very disappointed. And even with Remy, like when all that beef was going on, it's like, as much as I love Nikki, I'm like, still Remy. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Oh, you, know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? I just feel like it doesn't have to be so black and white. And that's when you create these different sides of you. And that's when you start getting into like fucked up shit because you don't see them as one, like the yin and yang. Like there has to be the balance of light and dark. Yeah. So Brittany is like the exaggerated. You see that who I am in here. It's all integrated. It's all one. They're not separate. It's just like, I just didn't understand if you guys didn't read it. Right. Like say, hey, you guys, we didn't talk about it, but we're going to talk about it. We didn't read it. So we're going to talk about it. It's just I, I just think they really, were talking about the the idea of the tell all. Yeah. It, it yeah. doesn't. But you are you have my book in your hands and you're talking about Brittany Renner and you're saying all these things are oh this is corny this is this is that oh lay, oh hanging fruit. You did not do your due diligence, so you are being irresponsible. Like that's just what it is. Like you can't call yourself the state of the culture and be so irresponsible because there are people, there are listeners out there that don't think for themselves. And they're going to go off just exactly and, what and you said. And they're literally putting out this hateful ass, you can judge people as long as you didn't do what you did. Like, that's like saying, have you ever had a one-night stand? No, you're such a hoe if you if, if you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm such a hoe until you fucking have a one-night stand, and then what? Then we're in the same boat. Then right. you can start to understand why I had a one-night stand. Mm-hmm. So it's like, this is about understanding and the lack of wanting to understand. Don't sit up and, and make these assumptions if you haven't read it. Just say, I haven't read it, but... I have in the past this, that, and that. My book is not like that. Did you know, I mean, so going into this, you know that things like this are going to happen regardless. Absolutely. It's about sex. It's about a beautiful woman talking about sex with potentially popular figures. Um, Was there a sort of strategy or a full thought process going in like this may pigeonhole me for a brief period of time or do something? Like, did you have any more thought put into that and any any bigger picture ideas or just kind of was like, I'm going to write this book and I'm going to just write out the reaction? Well, I have a billion dollar destiny, so I'm never scared to be like boxed into one thing. People have been trying to box me since I've been on social media. That's mm-hmm. not going to happen. You can hear the way that I speak. I'm beautiful. And then there's like a lot of things that I can do, include writing a book and right. and all these different things, fitness. So um, for me, um, of course, there was a strategy. I actually lost my manager in the process. I was going to ask you. I actually fired saying. him the day that I released this book. Okay. Why, what, what was the? What was that about? 
the manager <clears throat> was against you writing the book? Because he was afraid it was going to jeopardize um, my brand deals. Right. And I said, I'm not going to lay down and you're telling me my truth isn't good enough that, you know, I actually got dropped. I'm not going to say the school name, but I actually got dropped from doing a step show because of the body count video I put out. Mm -hmm. So I said, if any point in time I have to censor myself to be able to do anything, um, I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. And these men rap about these numbers and way more things. And they don't rap about specific women, though. Yeah, Courtney on Peachtree, hello. I, I think, I think, I think. Tell China I'm on fire, she could work tonight. I mean, not necessarily, uh, he's fucking, I'm just picking a random I mean, we all just picked Drake. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Drake says everybody! By the way, let me say something. <laughs> I love when, when, when Drake. When Drake mentions a, a specific woman, that's not the same as somebody else. South doing Beach, it. Miami, ho. I'm probably with Tammy Toe. All, all, but but that's, <laughs> that's but that's different though. Like it, it's it, not different. No, no, Their and, name wait, wait, is just wait, wait, a male. Wait, 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 wait. In that situation, he's saying shout out to her. That's who he was dealing with right there. I'm probably with her. Had he written? Had he de- developed an entire verse? I know. I know one thing. Wayne I know raps about Superhead. Not that she didn't. Put she didn't. Wait, 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 there. wait, wait. She did not like that. And that's what wait, I'm wait. saying. She was. So I'm, what I'm saying is that like on. There is some spe- there is specificity that goes on in a situation like this. Million dollar that's, word there. That specificity means just. I know what it means. Being specific. I'm saying it's a very nice word that you. <laughs> well, shut <Okay>. up. <laughs> There's a specificity when you're describing something and intimately going into it. That just saying that you had sex with a bunch of different women. It's not exactly the same thing. I think that was the difference between her what body Scottie count did. video though. She's referring to a specific thing that I get. She wasn't saying. But what I by the way, I just want to know. I don't have a problem with any of this. No, shit. when, when we I don't like my but but my but. What I'm saying is, if people do, because sex is treated in a, sex is treated in a very cavalier way, until you start talking about sex with someone specific. I get it. The, everybody, like, really, when you look at sex, that's creating secrets with someone that really you're not supposed to tell. I'm just being serious. Like when you, when at the point that somebody's naked, you're naked. We about to fuck. We about to do all of these things. All of this shit that we all do that no one really wants to talk about it. You're making secrets. You're making secrets with somebody, right? And they're not expecting for those secrets to be. But really, a lot of people would say that writing a book like this is no different than leaking somebody's sex tape online. It is very different. How? It's very different. How? Because this is about you and your own personal journey and situation. The sex tape is something that I filmed. With it's somebody been a who, journey. It's just fucking, and it's putting someone's whole image out it, it, on, I, on I, the I internet. Get the, I get the visceral, visual difference of it. I get that. But what I'm saying is, it's still somebody at their most intimate moment. You know what I mean? And whereas I'm not making, because uh, I happen to enjoy sex tapes, I'm not making, I, 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 I'm not, I'm not making a judgment call about this. I'm saying it's very important that while we're all sitting here, we're objective about the fact that the book no matter how therapeutic it was for you, it's dicey territory in terms of there could be collateral damage from this that damage and hurts other people in their current lives based upon past things that they experienced with you. Did you think about that? That's why all of them are not named. Yep. And there's you don't know their occupation. You don't know the color of their skin. There is nothing that would tie them in. Actually, all the names came from the one thing that they have in common, all the chapter names. What's the one thing that they all have in common? I don't know. You should open the book and see what it spells I, out. I, oh, I didn't even think about that. That's the only thing I felt like anyone needed to know that it was like about mm. all the men in common. Anyway. Okay. 
But now, but I was trying to say though because you put two different things. She was saying she got dropped from a school just because of her body count video. I get and that. the body count video that was has to do with it all. But that's some double standard shit because these rappers can can rap about this shit all day long whether generic or specific. And they're not getting dropped from. And they anything. talk about drugs, and I get what you're saying. Look, I'm not here to say what's right or what's wrong. It's 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 out there. Nobody. I mean, listen. I, this 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 is, listen. This is one thing that I will say. And first of all, we have to examine. I think we have been doing a, at least a decent job of examining some some of the uh, both from the male female dynamic, and also just from some of the things that are talked about in terms of the drug culture and stuff like that, and hip hop and music. Period. We definitely have to discuss those things. I feel like musicians have always gotten licensed to do and say things uh, outside of rap, outside of rap, to do and say things. It's like if we all went, if we all had a hotel room right now and we started mm -hmm. tearing the fucking hotel room up and fucking the room up and then it got out there, people would be like, these people are three fucking assholes. Right. But if a rock band if goes Lil in there. Did it, I don't know why I keep like, preparing a Lil Wayne. Like, <laughs> 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 why do you keep bringing Lil Wayne up? My favorite rapper. Yeah, okay. Um, but he's a rock star. So right. If he, if he did it, everybody's going to go, look how fucking awesome that is. So the metric is a little bit different. And if if they're bringing you to the step show, I hate censorship <laughs> in any form, even these 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 Republicans and all of these guys that these conservatives that you guys are, are rioting and keep them from speaking at your college campuses. It's actually horrible. You should have them there and you should ingest their mind state to understand how it differs from yours and and be able to combat the things that they say. But outside of the body count video, can you really say that any of the flack that you've gotten from the publication of this book has been unfair? No, I expect anyone to say whatever it is they feel. I just don't care. You don't give a fuck. No, if I... The internet is such... There's, like, such a formula that even just blogs follow. Mm -hmm. And I think if you just pay attention, you kind of understand, okay, when I do this, put that in there, it's going to get that. So it's not like I'm just, oh, my God, I can't believe all these people are saying this. It's not that at all. I knew... I sat with this a really long time before I even decided to put it out. Mm -hmm. um, I'm it's not a quick a, read. Yeah. Is, um, it's 143 pages. Did you, like, like Joe Budden, um, were there any other people that you did find yourself calling a friend that kind of had the same reaction with you that you didn't necessarily expect or you would ex would have expected more from? No. No? So just, no. Just, just, that, just that situation? Just yeah. I it just, and again, I have. You didn't talk to him after this? No, and I'll tell you why. Because I felt like, okay, I thought we were friends. It's clear that we're not. Um. So, okay, he say? was angry and he was yelling at a woman that was on there, um, which obviously is like a really heated monologue. Um, I don't see a person like that being sound. Like, just because you're louder doesn't mean it makes you more correct. Mm -hmm. um, and then I also felt like, what am I to say? Do I really care what Joe Budden thinks? And if I do, why? So after I sat with it, after being initially really disappointed, I was like, okay. I mean, I accept, like, it's just a reflection of how Joe feels about Joe. Mm -hmm. So it's, again, like, you can keep your gift, you know. I don't mm -hmm. need to accept that in my life, and I know who I am. So. Hmm. All right, hold on for a second. Break into action. Got to pay some bills. Today's episode is brought to you by Proper Cloth. Finding a dress shirt that fits is nearly impossible. Thankfully, ordering a custom fit shirt has never been easier with Proper Cloth. At propercloth.com can easily create a custom shirt in seconds by answering 10 simple questions. Choose from over 20 collar styles, 10 cuff styles, and 500 fabric styles from classic to business casual. Even customize your shirt and get the style that you want. The team at Proper Cloth works with the best fabric producers 
and only buys fabrics that meet their high quality expectations. Each one of their shirts goes through extensive quality control testing, so you're getting the absolute best quality and craftsmanship. Best of all, Proper Cloth guarantees a perfect fit, meaning that if somehow your shirt doesn't fit perfectly, they will remake it for free. Looking better has never been this easy, and it starts at just $80. Stop wearing shirts that don't fit and start looking your best with a custom-fitted shirt. We see y'all out here in these shirts that's all saggy and raggedy and stuff like that. I'm telling you, man, people not checking for that. You're not going to get that job you want. You're not going to get that lady or that guy you want. You're not going to get that stuff that you want. Shirts don't fit right. Grow up. Go to propercloth.com backslash pill today and gift code P-I-L-L to save $20 on your first shirt. That's propercloth.com backslash pill and gift code P-I-L-L. Let's get back to all of this wildness that Brittany and Marissa are talking about. So in the book, there seems to be a journey that happens with mm-hmm. you sexually. To where you go from sort of <laughs> well, how far did you read? I read, I, I finished it earlier. Like Oh, like, you did? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Awesome. I, like, like I hadn't, but then I was Because I was like, I was, okay. There, there okay. seems to be a, a journey that you go through go through from sort of demure inexperienced you call it vanilla vanilla <laughs> yes vanilla. that's what we use in the sex world vanilla you were vanilla and then you got chocolate real motherfucking <laughs> like quickly it seems you not no no I'm just saying wow. you went you were like the quote zero to a hundred real quick we have quoted Drake a lot out. here yeah we uh, yeah like, I know yeah <laughs> so like what was that like? Sweat. And by the way, part of it was purposefully. You wanted to be better at sex, and mm-hmm. part of it just happened to do with, you know, wanting the experience. And some of it was actually for specific guys to make sure that they would like the one guy who you tried the different threesomes and stuff like that for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So damn, I want to read this. I gotta read this. Today. Yeah, you didn't read the book. Man. I, I, so what was it? What was it like to go to to have all of that happen so quickly? You went from. Not sucking dick at all to suck a dick like Tiana Trump, who is the Michael Jordan of that of, shit. Of, of dick yes. sucking. I love her. Listen, man. She's like I'm not trying to get person. myself in no trouble, but I'm saying that Tiana Trump is very gifted and talented at what she does. And mm-hmm. we need to and keep her And she has here. a really good heart. I know you guys. I love her. That's what I'm saying. Now, here's the deal. I love her so that, much. That's your job. Who, who, like, she has a really good heart, but we're talking about, like... Dick sucking? Yeah. Okay. And you don't really Let's need talk a heart about to it. dick suck. I mean, no, it actually, sometimes it helps them more when they don't have a heart because then they right. just go in. Anyway, yeah. so um, <laughs> anyway, explain, describe that sexual journey and describe how it, it happened seemingly so fast. Well, I got with someone who was extremely experienced and I just felt like that type of sex, like, mm. was just... <laughs> Wow! Yeah, I mean, I like, oh, it's just—it's like that's the type of sex that's just hard. Like, it's what kind of sex? Describe it, because she hasn't read the book, remember? And Maddie, yeah, and I want to know. Maddie and Jason—they really want to hear it over there. They're trying to act like they're not paying attention to this. Yeah, pay attention, fellas. Okay. Yeah. What kind of sex Classes are you describing? Session. Well, I'm literally sitting here like, tell me everything. <laughs> Come on! What you wrote it in the, the book? No, I'm saying you oh, sell the book. They want to know like what like what you're talking about. Don't be bashful now. Because you know, I am bashful in person. The fuck? No, you're not bashful. See, that's the exaggerated Britney that we we're speaking of. I want I want exaggerated Britney right now. <laughs> so you had a specific because there are a lot of women. Let me just say something real quick. There are a lot of women out there. Okay, 
and they're not confident in the things that they can and should be doing in the bedroom. And I feel like if you really talk about that nasty shit right now, then these women will be empowered and liberated to go home and try it themselves. So don't think about it that you're doing it for the Real Podcast. Think about that you're doing it for them. <laughs> you're doing it for the people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're doing it for the people out there, man. Well, I guess I could just say, I mean, even after, um, I think it's chapter... I'm not even going to say that. No, I'm going to say it. it's um in uh, Leon's chapter. Uh-huh. And after that kind of ended, uh-huh. it's not like I just like went out into the world and was just like so experienced and just like ride and dig and just doing all this crazy shit. Um, I just felt like it was a different type of level of just nasty. Like I didn't even know I liked being choked, like slapped. Did he spit in your mouth? He actually did. I just had that on Friday. It was so oh, good. It was so, and then he like wow. sucked it back up. And it oh, was, wait a oh second. God, yes. Whoa. Yeah. Yes. Hey, why would fire. you suck it back up though? Because I mean, you know, he's nasty. Yeah, it's just gross. Suck your own spit but up, huh? It's like that type, right, of, that type of dick is like, you just don't come across it often. Bruh. It's just so nasty. So do you feel yourself no trying limits. to make every other no guy limits. into that type of dick? Because now you want him to like, you're like, Y'all watching like when Harry Met Sally or something like that, and you go, "Oh, this movie is great. I wish you could spit in my mouth." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what do you do? You kind of, do you kind of recreate that now that you've had it? No, that's the one thing I I have really worked on not doing is comparing because mm. this person has so much experience and just like fucks me like no other that it's like to think that those guys the guys I meet are going to be at that level um, or ever in their life. It's just kind of unfair. Um, now, so you don't compare, but when you have sex with somebody and they're not quite like that. Do you coach them? Is it, isn't it like a little bit like, aren't, doesn't it feel, isn't it like a little bit of a letdown? Yes. Yeah. Wow. You need the so every nasty. So every every <laughs> dude that you have sex with is chasing a ghost. No! Yes, he is. It, it can still be good no, without because, it No, because like you know what can be good about it is what makes sex amazing is the connection. Emotional like, connection. Yes. <laughs> And what? it does. It no. Wait, 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 wait. So you got so an emotional connection. I, I get that that's the case, but it, it it's seems two different like worlds. Like okay. it could be. How can you have you an emotional have an conne- emotional connection, but you're just so disgustingly nasty? Like that's good too. That's cool. But if you we have a, a sincere emotional connection and you're not as nasty, it's still really. I'm a good. choir boy. So Tiana Trump, you went from not sucking. You didn't suck dick. Why? I felt like it was really degrading. This is fucking lit. Let me ask you a question, man. How the fuck did that happen? Like, why? Like, why? I, like, it, <laughs> why? What do you mean? Because that, that's dis- that's disappointing. It 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 bothers me that there are women that could still be being born after <laughs> I'd say nineteen fucking seventy five that could believe that sucking dick is degrading. Why would you think that? I just felt like society and especially in school, like that was something that was frowned upon. Like, oh, the girl sucks dick. She sucks this guy's dick. Even still. Not no, not we're grown now. now. So I'm saying I'm I'm grown now. I'm 26, but mm-hmm. it's just like I would say growing up. That's why I refrained no, from I get su- that. sucking dick until I was probably 20 years old. I know it's not that's not like old. About to say, yeah, about to say. But it's just like the, I knew girls in seventh eighth grade who were doing it. So oh, that's um, early. No, right? that's sucking well. dick in the seventh grade <laughs> isn't like early. I mean, less earlier than that. Oh my god! So y'all, t- so I didn't. I was you. Wasn't. You wasn't sucking dick in. The, it's, I, it's I, I no know. judgment, even if they did. It doesn't matter. I, hey, it's a little bit of judgment. Okay, well, Keep, judge away, honey. Listen, These kids judge you, it. Whatever. If you're in the eighth grade, 
Like, man, at least learn fucking uh, Algebra 1 before you start <laughs> sucking dick. At least learn... Why? Because like, you're not going to use Algebra 1 outside of fucking school anyway. So what's your point? But you will use sucking dick. And That's actually a great fucking dick, point. Right. But listen, I just think that there are certain things sexually that ease into it. You know what? We treat sex like it's not a big responsibility. It is. It is. Your body but... is a big responsibility. The experiences that you share with people are a big responsibility. And they're important. And we should learn how to prioritize. You're rolling your no, eyes. No, I'm just giving our time. But all I'm saying is... totally is. All I'm saying is... Kids experiment with says maybe suck dick in the tenth grade, maybe I suck think, dick at the prom. I think I started in tenth grade, yeah. Tenth grade. grade? Well, who who was the guy? His name was Francisco. White or uh, black? Mexican. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Your first one, you had a burrito. <laughs> Wow. Not appropriate. Wow. Cut that out. That's, that's staying in. <laughs> yes. For sure. Uh, yeah. the, your For Francisco. Yeah. Did he have to beg you for this? or? No, I think I was like into him. He was cute. And you just wanted to try it? Yeah. And you gave Francisco the worst head of his life. It was probably trash. But I was already watching porn at that point, so it might have been good. Back to Britney. So in order to get... Speaking of porn. Go, in order to get better quickly, Tiana Trump. Now, mm -hmm. she's your friend now. She is. You guys are close friends. Mm hmm so did you did you hit her up and it's like, yo, I use your videos to teach me how to suck dick? Is this how you guys became friends? <laughs> no, we actually, um, well, that is why I, you know, when I DM'd her on Instagram, that's what I said. I said, hey, you know, I, you're like my head inspiration mm -hmm. and I reference you in the book. So mm -hmm. I would love to. Oh, so you guys weren't friends before the, the writing of no. the book? No, yeah, mm -hmm. I just followed her on Twitter and then um, I followed her on Instagram and just like, you know making myself be known like hey yeah. look at me. comment, comment. Yeah. Um, what's the extent of you guys' relationship like I know she just like I know she got her wisdom teeth pulled and we were supposed to FaceTime but she had her wisdom teeth so we couldn't really talk mm -hmm. um, but whenever she's like off probation like definitely want to see her in LA <laughs> I love her <laughs> <laughs> she, had some, she, she had some legal trouble shout out <laughs> there was a big movement free tiana trump oh, movement. I yeah. that, that movement, no like yeah. honestly like she's it's you know okay so what i found was like kind of ironic there was a time i went on twitter because i was super judgmental and insecure and i went on a twitter rant and i was talking about sex workers really just in a negative light like i actually started trending because it's just like you know where does that make sense make it make sense um so it's like I was shaming sex workers online. And then a couple years later, here I am watching porn, learning how to do something. So it's like that sex worker that was, you know, I was degrading online actually helped me in my life. Why yeah. were you degrading them then? Because I, I felt like the way that people made me feel, I felt like, okay, well, you know, um, I'm better than that girl who sells her pussy. I'm better than her because at least I don't do that. Mm -hmm. So it was, a, I was so insecure that I was just looking for ways to kind of like step on at least the I'm other better person. Than this person. Yeah, yeah, at least I didn't do this, guys. Yeah. You know, and really when I shame anybody else, I'm, I'm shaming everyone, including myself and just like setting us back even more into this like misogynistic, never ending narrative, you know? So... Hmm. You say you also say in the book that you can't date regular guys. It's hard for you. To I didn't. Regular. I didn't. I but two guys in the book are. They're pretty regular. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the guys, by the way, everybody obviously knows who he is. I, so I don't know, know what you're talking about. You did a poor job of shielding this nigga. Um, okay. <clears throat> but but um, but but you say like, that like it's, you say that it's hard for you to date regular guys because a lot of oh, oh great I'm glad we're talking about this. I feel like a lot of guys. <clears throat> Especially with the social media era, mm -hmm. they are. First of all, what is a regular guy to you? Non-industry. Just asking the question is very important because a lot of people. I was just would adding say, my take, and then what, what's 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 your take then? I also can't deal with a regular guy. 
Jesus a non-industry because they don't fucking get it. But I would like to hear your. They don't get what it. Our, what is my it? life. <laughs> <laughs> it. Mm-hmm. You just don't fucking get it's it. Big so it. let me ask you a question. So women who don't want to be pigeonholed, don't want to be put in specific categories, don't want in any way to be held back by what you see before you get to know them. It's interesting that you guys do the same things. I'm not though. Well, so I'm, you're, saying, I'm saying a regular guy. You, you don't. I'm not saying fuck them forever. I'm just. I'm just saying. There are plenty of regular guys out there. I have not met any that can understand. Is what Listen, I'm. you're you asked, you didn't say like, oh, would would you never? It's like you asked, you said it was harder to date. Fact. That does not mean that, oh, no regular guys to me. Two guys that I've dated were very regular, made way more money than them. That's not what it's about. I care about building a solid foundation mm-hmm. and really growing together. And it doesn't matter if he makes six figures or not. Mm-hmm. I don't care about that. I don't know what's so hard to understand. It, it's not that. Because I've met plenty of men, multimillionaires, who have everything they could ever want in their entire life. And they're fucking miserable. And their personality is And their personality is trash. Yeah. Like, just because you have, like, the only, the thing that made them just the least bit tolerable is because of their status. So it's like, you realize after you date the guy of your dreams, which honestly... I fucked most of the guys that I've ever fantasized about and been slightly, (laughs) slightly disappointed. And it's that's why it's like for me, I don't shut the door on anything Mm -hmm. because that's why is it harder dating regular guys, though? Because they know what you have to lose. And in comparison, it's way more than they ever could. So it's like you don't know Like a lot of these guys. Not right. sending any type of news when you send up when you send the picture, cut off the face, right. cover up the tattoo. Yeah, By the way, it's yeah. like you know, it's like you have to be so cautious. But when you're dealing with somebody who has shit to lose, has more, they're treading more yeah. very lightly. So what you're saying is, it's harder to date someone that might have more status than you because you're afraid status. that excuse me, it's hard to date someone that has less status than you because you're afraid that your sexual secrets might one day see the light of day. Well, I'm talking like pictures. I'm not talking. If you want to go talk about my pussy on the timeline, go ahead. Go put it out there. Maybe I'll find my. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. No, no. I get you're you're trying to tie in these two points. No, no, no. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to tie them in. Like, (laughs) look at my hand. I'm not trying to. What what I'm saying is that that is a very real thing. Revenge porn, and that's against. That's a very real law. But when you're writing a book that there's none of that. No case, how are you no comparing? How can you compare that? I can compare it being it. The, the, the reason I, it's not that it's a. It's like a, you were trying to compare sex tapes earlier. It's not. A, it's like not a, sex tapes to a book. It's not a one to one comparison. Of course not. But what the only thing I'm trying to listen. First of all, let me back up real quick. <laughs> I really don't give a fuck. <laughs> when I like like l- trying l- to be sit, devil's advocate. No, no, no. Right not trying to be devil's advocate. I just know how. What I know is this. <clears throat> I know that if anybody from my past were to write a book about anything that we've shared, especially now because my status is up a little bit, I wouldn't be, <laughs> shut up, I wouldn't be angry. I would actually be, like my feelings would be hurt. Like I would, it wouldn't even be anger because I don't do very well with anger, right? I left all of that back in Baton Rouge. But like my 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 feelings would be hurt. I would be like, yo, damn. You know what I'm saying? Because I, what I would want was that if anyone had an issue with the way that I had treated them. And this is a true thing. Male, female, whatever. If anyone had an issue with the way that I had treated them, I would want for them to be able to talk to me about it so that maybe I could see where I went wrong. I'm not saying that you didn't try to do that. But what I'm saying is, if I look at something and then doesn't even matter, something that I did with somebody, it, it, it's now out for the world to consume, 
I would feel like I wasn't part of my own play. That I was like watching from the sidelines as my life played out because somebody else that I shared something with had made that decision. Now, that doesn't mean that it's wrong or right. And if it's part of making your life better and making you a more healthy person, how can you really argue with it? But to me, when that's how I that's what I think about after I stop jacking off to these sex tapes and I have that moment of self-reflection right Jesus. after. That's what I think about. I go, damn, I shouldn't have done that. With the jacking off, <laughs> <laughs> I should have called, wasn't it? Yeah, like, like I shouldn't. I'm I better than this. Or when you watch I'm, like some creepy porn, and like, then when you're done, you're like, "What the fuck?" Was that happens I all the time. Same. Yeah, but 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 you know, I I just hope. I'm just asking, is that even a thing for you, or are you just like, this was for me, and like unilaterally, I needed to do this. Again, I don't see right or wrong. I think it gets very subjective. I see, like, right or wrong to me is, okay, are you hurting anyone? But and you are could, you hurting but you, yourself? But you could be hurting somebody, right? But let me tell you who's hurting these men, okay? Mm -hmm. It's the blogs. It's all of these people that are speculating, which, again, the only... You have to start thinking, this, the internet is in a different place. You guys can just throw allegedly in front of something and you're legally safe. Yep. So, if anything... I didn't name anything in there. You don't know unless you, you know what I'm saying? Real, like, I have not, you, I'm not, I'm never going to come out and say, because I don't have to. And you'll never it's not right. about that. Mm. So, okay. these blogs and the culture, the internet culture, if you're going to be mad at anyone, be mad at that. Because they're the ones who plug in plug in names. I the never said anything. The online with the reportedly. Shout out blah, to Robin Latow. I love I love Robin. Oh, shout out to Robin Latow. That's my that's my guy. Some and he, of those and he, stories be salacious. And he helped you OD. to be honest with you because when I read that I was like I gotta get Brit. I like I like I I had to I had to see it. You know what I mean? I I had to get to know it. Listen, I, the only thing I'm I'm only thing I'm trying to lay out is the reasons why some people might have an issue with the book. That's fine. And they can continue to have an issue. Again, I, I would say if I was hurting someone in the sense of like now we're naming people and doing all of these really awful things, then mm -hmm. sure. But honestly, this is the, this is the state of the internet culture. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Get fucking with it or get the fuck offline. Like get like I don't know what else to say. Like when you are a presence on social media and you're the price of fame, I don't know what else to say to you. Like it's like, again, had I come out and said certain things and started trying to drag people under the bus, that's one thing. Yeah. But I've never even, and you read the book. Mm -hmm. Now I'm trying to hurt anybody. If anything, it really, it really helps all these guys, like because it makes them look really fucking cool. Great. Some of them. No, mo no, but most of them. Some of them, some of them, they were they they hurt you. Some of them, some of them, it makes them look like either sexual deviants or it makes them look like. What's wrong with being a sexual deviant? Well, you know the way people are going. <laughs> y'all, wow. Nobody said anything wrong with that. It's, it's, it's going to make them look like some guys from the book, they look insatiable. Some guys look vacant. Some dudes look downright callous and cold. There are some things about, uh, about a lot of these guys in this book that are obviously unflattering, Brittany. Of course. Right. Okay. I mean, but that's your, that's your truth. Duality of life. It is duality of life. Yeah. Tell you what, all my exes out there, I was nice to y'all, man. Especially when I was fat. I tell you what, you know what y'all... Did you used to be fat? I didn't even know that. 360 pounds. What? Listen, what? let me tell y'all something. Y'all, I'll tell you what y'all really doing. Y'all sleeping on the fat niggas. I, I fuck a fat dude with a little dick. Ooh. And it's good. Really? Yeah. Is he like a super... Is he a rapper though? No. No. What? I know. That's what I'm talking about. Thank Give you. up that fat Charity love. work. Man, when I was in college, <laughs> when I was in college, I was a full 
stop simp. I simped in every way you could simp. Wow. I would pay for the shit. I bet. I would write your papers. I bet. Oh, I would my do, God. Yeah. Poor oh, you. By the way, I had a, so I had a side, show you I had a side job talking. writing people's papers. Okay. Oh, that's where, amazing. Yeah, well, I okay. would write people's papers and stuff like that. And you, I, you could even pay me by the grade, actually. Like, so, if because obviously I could write on the level that the rest of these don't. But anyway, yeah. um, but, you know, if you need it, if, if I need to get in there and really, like, make time with the girl, I would write the paper. I would He's do all like this stuff. Fat. Let me see how fat he is. He's That's stocky. not even fucking. Yes, it fat. is. He is a gut. Okay, and check this out. Pours over my my life. Right. Mm, so let me. me. He's not fat at all. As he got fact, a big fat gut, and he sweats, and he's balding. As a matter of fact, <laughs> that's not even fat. I'm gonna show y'all fat. But I, the point is this: he's if y'all get with some of these fat guys out here, they will work for y'all. Now, if y'all get cheated on by a fat nigga, you obviously got to give the game up for the rest. <laughs> you obviously like, that's that's you're obviously done after that. <laughs> okay, right. but. These are the guys that I feel like aren't getting the burn that they really need to do. Because there's a lot of guys out there that will worship the ground that y'all walk on. And I feel like these brothers don't really get any attention. Well, they got to gotta have like... What? I don't know. I you ha- like- I'm sorry. Let me just say this. You have to be attracted to them. Like, I'm not yeah. going to like... Oh, I'm going to get this type of guy because I think he's going to do this. Like, I'm not cutting corners to get what I want. That's I'm going settling. to get what I want. That's settling. I feel you. Like, that's just, I mean, again, I, I'm sure there's tons of people of all sizes that I have all great hearts and will worship the ground any of us walk on. But right. mm-hmm. So you're I'm not attracted not, to fat guys. And this guy I've never been shit. with one. It's not to say that I wouldn't. It's just like, dude, come on. Like, I'm not going to. Is this a picture of you fat? Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Oh, <laughs> God. Oh my God! I can't believe you never seen it Past before. that, how would I see it? I don't. Yeah. I don't like research your life. Oh, I my didn't even record. I'm like, who is that guy? God, uh, yeah. you have like eight necks. Give me the fucking. You need a fucking, <laughs> you need a fucking shit back. I love you, dog. That is so. First of all, Van. Shout out to that in, Van for being this. Van, no, wow. Van, you're in the past somewhere, bro, and you're sitting somewhere because time is all. It you all feel like, the was your self-esteem time. fucked around that time? Man, I love you, bro. It's going to be all right. You won't be like that forever, my G. Uh, <clears throat> what happened now? What, did you have, like, how was your self-esteem at that point in your life? Yeah, I was I was chasing behind. Uh, I was chasing behind a lot of different people trying to make myself feel better about things outside of me because I thought that by trying to get things outside of myself, trying to be, because, you know, my homies were the good-looking, hip guys of the crew. I thought by trying to keep up with them and do what they were doing, and all of that stuff like that, that that would make me happy. What I didn't realize that the only thing that would ever make me happy is fortifying my own armor and making myself into the person that I had wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And making sure that if no one else fucks with me, if no one ever thought that I was attractive, that I was smart, that I was a good dude, that I really thought about all of those things. So I really had to devote five or six years of work on me and I spent my whole Therapy 20s too? doing that. huh? Therapy as well? Yeah, because I had the anxiety disorder. Nice. So what I'm saying is, especially for our women, our women who, as society gets more hedonistic and stuff like that, men, it's taking men longer to recognize the worth of a woman. It used to be, just in my opinion, that early on, you would meet somebody, you might get married, you might get engaged, and automatically the, the, the plus that they brought to your life was established because you saw someone taking care of your children. And I'm not saying that this is what women should do. I'm just saying that this is how men looked at it. You saw someone taking care of your children, like uh, 
keeping her home, and really keeping you from being the worst part of yourself, which is what a good woman does. A good woman really keeps a man, and that's not her job to do it, but you know that you've met the person that you're supposed to marry, or that you're supposed to be with, or not even marry, but be devoted to, when you wanna be a better person for that person. Mm -hmm. The moment that you go, yo, I'm a fucked up ass dude, I have to change to make myself worthy of her, that's when you know you've had it. It's taking guys longer to do that, because the input is so much more hedonistic. Men are actually going backwards. That's why, it, to me, it's important that sisters really devote time to themselves. Mm -hmm. Like, make these guys catch up to y'all because we're all over the place. And there has to be, and, and really, one reason why that's the case is because it, the way that you learn how to be a good man it's really from another man. All the guys that I know that have never cheated on their girls and are these husbands that are devoted and stuff like that, and they are out there, it's because they had examples to where their fathers felt a certain quickening if they stepped out of their house, where their fathers had that, where their uncles had that. If you're growing up in an environment where your dad does all of these things, where all the men that you know, it normalizes it to you. And then mm -hmm. the feelings of your woman become something that's put way on the back burner. And these are lessons that I've even had to learn. Obviously, when I dropped all that weight, I wilded out for a while trying to prove to myself that, yo, I'm a yo, handsome guy. I had that same shit. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I feel that's, and that's a big deal. Because I was like, the, I was talking about in therapy today. I'm like, sometimes I think I still hold on to just sixth grade me that I was popular as hell, but I couldn't get any of the boys because I mm. was chubby and I had braces and shit. So it's like all my homegirls had the cute crushes and shit and all the dudes, but I had nothing. So even though I, obviously it's a long time ago and I grew up and I shed it, I think sometimes I revert back to it and kind of just like, oh, I could pull this guy, I'm going to pull it just, just to fucking say it's I It's the ugly it. duckling syndrome. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. really what it's it is. It's so real. Mm -hmm. So I say all that to say if, if this book is really a part of that journey for you, then nobody can begrudge you it. Yeah. Even whatever whatever opinions that people will have about it, I don't have. There are parts of this that I don't agree with, but there are. I think I've made that clear. There are parts you of have. this. There are parts of this that I don't agree with, but at the same time, if this book is part of a journey that's going to make you a, a, a more secure, a better person going forward, then that's a lot people have to take. Yeah. You know. It hasn't been out long, but what have your dealings uh, with men been like since then? Like, are they more judgmental? Nah, you about to sign some NDAs now, nigga. Are they you in your to, DMs you, more because they think you're a freaky freak? It's NDA time, Brittany. <laughs> it's NDA time. I'll never sign an NDA right now. <laughs> yeah. NDA time, Brittany. I hope you're ready for it. Are you ready? Are you ready to only These be, guys are dumb, though. They're are not you ready? Gonna... Oh, they going to still do the same shit. It's a lot of niggas that's going to be more on exactly. her. Exactly, and they're not going to be thinking of NDAs is what I'm saying because they're stupid, but go on. Got three <laughs> letters for you. <laughs> N-D-A. Do you think about that, though? Of course it's something you have to think about. Hmm. My secrets don't hold me hostage, and if they scare you and you feel like I need to sign something, you probably shouldn't, like, should not, like, stick your penis inside me, mm -hmm. period. Jesus, that's so aggressive. Stick your penis inside me. I mean, it's me. a real thing, though. Like, I'm just, like... For me, it's uh, dating has actually been extremely difficult from <laughs> back, you know, when I really got on Instagram, got popular on Instagram in like 2014, 2013. Um, I can't say when I left my first boyfriend of four years that I ever thought it was going to be this hard to find someone, you know, mm -hmm. or them to find me, I should say. Um, 
and it's just kind of you have to take the good with the bad. You know, I get to be I have a certain amount of freedom. Um, I'm my own boss. I really get to kind of travel and have fun and meet all these people and um, kind of be a little bit more free than when I was at the nine to five. Um, but what also comes with it is a definitely a very lonely um, personal life, which at times where I feel um, hmm. lonely, I understand like there's a reason I am alone. Like I'm on my I'm on my own. And it's like, as long as I know that I have everything I need right in this moment, then I'm never truly alone. Or, or, well, lonely, I should say. Do you say. have good female friends? I was just going to ask that. Um, I'm very... Uh, I have a few. Brittany, are you lonely? Am I lonely? I have people who love me. So I would say that I think as I've been learning more about metaphysics and different things of the world, I feel more alone. But um, it's the truth of the things that I'm learning. It's just a bitter truth and kind of understanding that there are people that are still asleep that I care about, but that doesn't mean that I can't still be friends with them. It's just we're on a different journey at different times, learning different things. Um, so of course, I mean, I met a guy recently that I, you know, like, I don't, like I've never met anyone like him in my life. Oh, that's dope. But it just. Does he get it? Does he get you? Does he have to work mm, through something? I don't know if things? I want to say this because, okay. Um, he struggles with mm. different things. And I suppose as far as aspects of your life? No, with, with his own. Oh, with his own, mm. okay. Like depression. Got it. That's okay. That's heavy though. But I, I, don't, I don't care about that stuff. Like mm -hmm. I don't, it doesn't make me see him as less, but um, you know, it just hasn't we haven't been able to really like continue our relationship because mm. I just feel like he's kind of like, I don't want you a part of this mess. Like I've, maybe maybe he feels like a burden. I don't I don't really know. Actually, I didn't know much about depression until I met him. Yeah. Um, the air gets thick. Mm -hmm. it, it's it's a heavy yeah, thing to deal with, like and it's it just like hurt me. It's just like I've never I've really liked a lot of guys, and I have really like gone above and beyond for them. And to meet someone that you feel like your heart and their heart are like old friends. And then for it to end, you know, if time's an illusion, who you know, who cares how long you guys are apart? But mm -hmm. it's just been, I felt like he was like a guy who really understood me and just didn't even care about. You still checking in on him? Mm -hmm. yeah. Even though I, you know, I don't hear anything from him, but um, obviously I've watched a lot of YouTube videos and read some different blogs and different things about depression. And I know the one thing that um, about depression is they feel very isolated and like that nobody will, they're not like, worthy enough to be loved mm -hmm. so a lot of times people don't they just they're they just kind of get away from it and let them be um i obviously know it's so important to check on them mm -hmm. and even if they're not responding like i care about you your life makes and a difference they, in mine i believe in you text might save his life right and even yeah. if they don't respond oh like you gonna, said they're gonna rem think I'm just, about i'm that. just i'm just yeah. saying when you know people we get caught up in our own lives and stuff like that yeah check in on, check in on people and it's just like it's like such a uh, it's such a like a sensitive subject because it's like, there have been times where I felt like, you know what, I have met so many guys in here that I was like, you know, I want him to be the one. Mm -hmm. I want this guy to work out. Like, and there was every red flag. And, <laughs> That's my life. Um, I just felt like with this guy, like, I just have felt so, like, just, like, I feel, I, I, he made, and it's so funny you said that. I was like, he made me want to be, like, a better woman for myself and, mm -hmm. like, be a better person, not just for like for him, just like for me and just be the best woman I can be, be more organized, be cleaner, like 
start really like doing more yoga. Like, you know, I want to go vegan until I was 19. So it's mm -hmm. just like, he just inspired me in a way I've never been inspired. Happened to me too. That's what, yeah. that's when, when you meet somebody, that's what happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and so he's just still going through his journey. And yeah. His... And I've just been like, you sometimes know, all you could do is be supportive. Just check and in. Yeah. I just back. try check to in. say yeah. things. And I'm just like, you know, I just trust in the universe and I know the more that I like think that I can control this and just, I just want to help. And you know, it hurts when someone doesn't let you in, but if you truly care mm -hmm. and if you're genuinely there for them, you won't, you won't be attached to the outcome of the relationship. You're just like, I fucking care about you, dude. Like, I'm not going to let you go through this alone. Mm -hmm. You know, mm. have you ever met someone that you felt truly understood you, but still judged you at the same time? Like a man? Yeah, I feel like I let's I ask because the one I had somebody that I felt like I truly connected with and mm -hmm. truly understood me, why I do things I do and all of that. And yet still at the end of the day, kind of like not belittled me, but like still looked down upon it. And I mm -hmm. could not understand how you could understand me and then at the same time essentially shame me yeah. for what you understand. Mm -hmm. So. And that was probably the biggest heartbreak I've ever had because we, we were five years in it. It wasn't like a committed relationship, but mm -hmm. just somebody that every day we spoke, every day got me and still could not accept me. See I guess. you for you. Yeah. And it's like, dude, I trusted you. Right. I thought I was safe with you. Mm -hmm. And that's like, I definitely experienced that. And I talk about it in the book. It's just like, you think you're safe with these men and <laughs> you think you're safe with them. But it's the type of man I feel like I would have, that would have to like, that, I, that would have to approach me and he would have to be if I ever want to be in a healthy relationship and have any hopes of being having a husband he would have to be very disconnected from societal views mm -hmm. he has to really love every part of himself that he's ever been taught to be ashamed of mm -hmm. um and he just can't be a sexist fucking pig Facts. I mean and I'm sorry but that's asking for a lot now because even when you watch TV, you're on Instagram, you see the blogs and you are totally fed how you're supposed to think and how you see women who do these things and you categorize things and these are our, our wife worthy, these are not. Mm -hmm. And I'm in the not wife worthy section. So it's like, I would have to have a man that is, I will go to war with every person who has an opinion about you because what happens is you, they catch them together, they go to their Instagram and tell them, don't wife that thought. You wife yep. the thought. Oh my God, I can't believe you wife the thought. I mean, what you, you really need is somebody, really, forget about men and women, in your life, you need people that care about their happiness more than they care about their image. Yeah. Mm. And that, yeah. I mean, that, that's, yeah. that's not, but that's yeah. not That was a really men. nice way to put it, yeah. That, that's not just for men. That's, that's for, for both anyone. sides, yeah. Because what, what, what any, anyone, y'all, it's very hard, I was talking to my little brother about this, Anybody that prioritizes what a bunch of people that they don't know thinks about them, like man, that's so important that you but, say that. But, like, yeah. but, but, because but, that's who we don't want to be with right. at all. Like, no, and just no, 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 not even person. in the relationship. No, just I mean like you don't, right? Yeah. You don't you know want those people now, in your life. When, when, when people have more stature, they have more to lose. I get that. I understand that. But at, at the end of the day, there is there are people out there that are concerned with their life's journey. And more so, people who serve, people who are serving, people who, who, who whatever they're doing, it's for other people. Mm -hmm. Those are the type of people that have a grounded and base reality. Mm -hmm. When I ask you about something, we're going to end on this. You talk about the male ego in the book. Mm -hmm. Talk about it. 
in slightly pejorative terms. Mm -hmm. Tell me about the male ego and how it's affected your life. Well, I would say in the book, I speak about just the male ego, but I think across the board, ego in general is really just the mask that love requires us to remove. So I think ego is, you literally regret the rest of your life, like not really following your heart and wearing and thinking you have to hide behind that mask. So I would say even in my own ego, um, it's just, it's not who I am. It's who um, I think I, I have to be and, and think I have mm. to feel. And I think if you ever want to be happy that it, you have to kind of like dissolve slash resolve and then just kind of integrate into one. So it's like the ego is kind of like stopping your happiness and what you truly want to do. Like, oh, I'm not going to text him because he didn't text me. Like you start getting into that stuff and you will, you will live re with regret the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. So ego is just insecurity. Is there anything specific about the male ego, though? I would say Man, we do bring a lot of different shit with us. And and I'm not trying to say this as a way for men to escape their them being accountable, mm -hmm. but I would say that I mean you guys they might not like if I say this, but I would say that <laughs> the way that we raise men, I mean we kind of condition them to not communicate. We condition them yep. not to feel if a little boy cries, whether it's his mommy or his daddy. Suck it fucking up and get over it. You're a man. Um, I think we put men in this be a man box. And I also think there's very um, toxic views that we as women put onto men too. So I think we all have to kind of understand our role in this and how we as women and men, you know, how men got to be this macho. Like it all ties together. It's not just the men just growing up thinking whatever. It's like the women think that their boys should play with trucks and be tough and not talk too much, not cry. Like, we all contribute to this. So sure. I think the male ego, it's just, um, I think it's more, um, it, 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 it's much more fragile because it is like such a taboo thing to feel and like fuck these hoes and right. have empty sex and do empty things with empty people and feel empty, but be cool, you know? Um, By the way, nobody has to tell us to have empty sex. No, nobody has to tell us to have it. The, the one thing is, the one thing I will say is that the one thing that is a little overstated is that we learn how to be oversexed from each other. Ha, 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 ha. No. We learn how to lie and all of that stuff from each other. <laughs> the, 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 the thing about being oversexed, one day I woke up and this motherfucker was hard. <laughs> oh, my God. And I remember going to my dad and I said, Dad, I got a problem. <laughs> he was like, what? I was like, I woke up yesterday and he was stiff. My dad said, hold on for a second. Craig, come in here for a second. Who's Craig, your uncle? My uncle. Like, Van wants to tell us something. And he goes, all right, boy. Tell us everything that's going on. And I'm like, yo, I think there's something wrong with me. I woke up and it was stiff. And then when I rolled <laughs> over, it felt good. When I rolled over, men in my family burst out and started laughing. Of course. <laughs> but from that moment on, from that moment on, like I remember looking at this girl's bra strap and I thought, yo, it's titties under that bra. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. They had to outlaw sweatpants at my middle school. Wow. Because everybody, everybody was hard. <laughs> so that's just part of us. Yeah. What we let we, what we have to learn how to do is prioritize the happiness of the people that we care about mm -hmm. over the fleeting and temporary happiness of busting a nut with some new pussy. Mm. Yeah. And once you've learned how to do that, because life is a marathon, right? Mm -hmm. Life is a long time. And most people you meet in your life ain't shit, men and women. Mm -hmm. When you have somebody that is shit, that is worth it, 
you really need to start moving other people out of the way. You have to fight for them. To prioritize yes. those people. And sometimes as men, the habits that we build, it's hard for us to come back on them. And a lot of people suffer for it. Yeah. But as women, you guys have a responsibility too. You have a responsibility to be strong mm -hmm. and not naive and not to assign blame about all of the choices that you make on a bunch of people that you know ain't shit. That's an important part of this. A, a bunch of choices that you make are not the fault of a bunch of men. They don't control y'all minds. They don't control y'all mm -hmm. bodies. Y'all got too much to offer the world to make these guys all the, the, the reasons for unhappiness that you mm -hmm. have. Leave. What do you want to do? Life's got to be about being more than a wife and a mother. That's socialization too. When we socialize yeah. guys not to cry and stuff like that, your life has to be more about, about more than having a family. Mm -hmm. It has to be more about making somebody else's shit. It has to be about what Marissa and Brittany want to give to the society. To society. Mm -hmm. If you never see another penis again, what you want your life to have meant. Yeah. And I'm telling you, if you concentrate on that type of stuff, and I'm not trying to father nobody, but if you concentrate on that, the man that you meet will be just... It'll be gravy. Yeah, I agree. You know what I'm saying? It'll be it'll be gravy. Amen, Reverend Lathan. Amen. <laughs> we out of here. See what I'm saying? People thought I had Brittany. People, I was having Brittany Rent on the podcast. People was like, yo, Van, I know you're going to give that girl hell, man. I'm like, nah, man, read the book. Read the book. Judge you know what I'm saying? If not, if not just look at the back cover. But no, read the, <laughs> no seriously, read the book. Uh, your journey has been interesting. Um, are you okay? 100%. You're 100% okay. I mean, I, what more do I what more do I want out of life? All I can do is be present. Mm. That's all I can do. The past and the future are all just in my mind, like in my imagination. Like they're not here. I'm here now. So it's like I think with this book and just with everything else, it's like I have really understood the responsibility I have for my own happiness and again, how I've relinquished my power and gave men all of these like let them be try to be the scapegoat and mm -hmm. it's like really what they all did is just send Britney back to look inward mm -hmm. so that's why I I, mean, I don't say like what's the one thing you take from this book but I just hope that people do understand that our thoughts create our reality so that's what I'm sure so of course like of course even if I even if something I'm thinking is unpleasant and um, I'm not going to speak it you know, like they say, like, you know how the glass is half empty or half full? You should just be happy you have a fucking glass. Yeah. Mm. That's just where I'm at. It's a bar. White people clap for Brittany Renner. <laughs> oh, my God. Why are you clapping? You're not a white person. I'm not white. Yo, do you consider yourself to be white, Marissa? <sighs> it's so funny. I was just talking about this yesterday. All right, that's enough on the Red Pill <laughs> Podcast today. Uh, Brittany Renner, thank you, thank you for, for joining us. Marissa Mendez, thank you for thank sitting you. down there. Because I didn't want to make it seem like it was just me here. I needed some female. Battle energy. of the sexes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we out.